There are the boys in the back room. We have a guy who works in the back, Eric Jones. He's the big German. Be nice to Marvin. He'll be taking your calls today. Chat row, Tyler, the moderator, handling the duties there. A couple of weeks ago, Dylan was getting us breakfast. Now he's doing graphics on this program. You know who? Blame Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, the uh, backroom guys are not allowed to eat until 12.15. You're now listening to the 12.15 Club. And welcome back to another edition of 12.15 Club. It is Mario here in the mic. I'm joined by all of my backroom 12.15 cohorts. I have Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy, Eric the Big German. We're coming off a very, very big Thanksgiving, pre-Thanksgiving dinner, lunch. And we are joined by our very favorite, our reoccurring guest, our guy, Todd Fritz. What is up, boys? Todd, thank you for coming on. You're always so generous uh, with your time. With the I am having a little issue. I know, I know I go with, you know, I talk too much about health, but uh, since I like to just share with you guys, it's not a bowel-related thing, but I'm having a little heartburn from that pre-Thanksgiving feast that uh, Alan, uh, the IT guy, put together. And I'm wearing the mask. And so like, I'm like kind of burping a little bit and clear and I'm like, kind of, it's like kind of getting, it's like stuck in the mask there. It just doesn't taste good the second time around. We'll try to run you. We'll try to get you out of here quick. We got a couple <laughs> of topics we want to get to. Eric, you had a question for him? I was going to say, Todd, we've started a five minute clock. So um, we're already four <laughs> minutes in. So let's rock and roll. I'll keep, I'll, keep, I'll try to keep I my like, I like this heartburn topic. Keep it rolling. <laughs> and I need a few tums or something. So yesterday a viewer, uh, noted, a listener noticed that this kind of played out. And then I'll ask you a question based off of it. Uh, Todd, what did you learn on today's award-nominated program? I learned that you think Kyler Murray is a better thrower and avoids hits better than Lamar Jackson. Yes, indeed. Uh, McLovin? Uh, Unlike uh, John Wall, you think the Wizards want to give up on Bradley Beal? No, no, I don't know if they want to give up on him. I wouldn't give up on Bradley Beal. Sorry, I misread Todd. Todd says to me what we learn every day, and I can't make high nor I, I know. I never said the Wizards should give up on Bradley Beal. We no, I said, misread it. Unlike perhaps John Wall, you don't think the Wizards want to give up Thanks, on Bradley Todd. Beal. So, Todd, it kind of threw me off when I heard that, too, because I think that happened twice this week. Yeah. Where he's saying that what you said is wrong or whatever. I thought everybody else came up with their own what we learned. Can you clear it up for us? No, I'm glad you I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, throwing me under the bus and trying to construe it that I wrote something inaccurate or just wrote it in a confusing way. You know, first of all, he should be coming up with his own uh, what we learned, as you have suggested, as all the other guys do. It doesn't take long to think of something over three hours that you might uh, want to use as what we learned. So several years ago, he asked if I can include him on the uh, what we learned that I always send to Dan. So, we, you know, and I keep a running list over the three hours of things that I think are worthy of being on the what we learned list. And somehow he ended up butchering it. And uh, I don't know if he was completely throwing me under the bus, or but it, at, the, at the very least, he was admitting that he doesn't come up with his own what we learned for the most part and, and uses uh, what I send them as a, as a crutch to get through that part of the segment. Yeah, I mean, I figured, I mean, why would he throw you under the bus? You're already doing him the favor. You've been doing it for so many years. I mean, I am. And I, and I made it very clear with that John Wall. I thought I wrote it very clear that Dan did not think the uh, Wizards have an interest in getting rid of Bradley Beal. It's John Wall is the one in his expensive contract and his injuries. He's the one that they should consider getting rid of, but they want to keep Bradley Beal. So how often do you keep track of how often he uses yours and how often he'll just come off, like come out, you know, with his? I don't have any statistical data on that, but if I had a guess, I would say a good three quarters of the time, he'll just read off one of, uh, off of my email. And that, that's fine. I'm glad to do it. it doesn't, it's not any extra work for me. I've been doing this for so long. And instead of just sending it to Dan, I add, uh, I add McLovin. And if he wants to uh, use one or go off the board, that's fine. But uh, if he's going to use one of mine, he should just uh, take a moment to uh, 
to read it and make sure he's reading the actual words that I typed on the email. I agree with you 100 percent, Todd. I actually have your back on this one. I appreciate that. Um, so Todd, I have your back as well. But can you do you remember exactly how you wrote that sentence? Because just from hearing that clip, it sounds confusing. a little messed up. Um I, I think I, I said unlike, I think unlike John Wall. And maybe it had two double, maybe it was a double negative. <laughs> maybe perhaps. A bit. Perhaps maybe, except for John Wall, there might be. Yeah, I, I should have just, I should probably could have just wrote the uh, Wizards want to get rid of John Wall, but they want to hold on to Bradley Beal. I, I could have simplified it. And maybe somewhere mm. there was a, a double negative with unlike John Wall, they don't want to uh, get rid of Bradley Beal. So that, that's fair that, you know, it, it could have been a little confusing, but he still read it you know, even more wrong than I may have written it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to call you out. No, I I, I could have written it in a more simplified way, but uh, he totally changed the whole meaning of what I wrote with the way he was written. Todd, no worries, man. I I have your back. You do him a favor. The least he could do is try to, you know, have your back. You know, think the back, my back, my supposed, supposed back row uh, partner, buddy, you you know, wouldn't be quick to just throw me under the bus. But now, you know, you learn, you live and you learn each day. We had another situation. So moving topics, we had another situation here yesterday. This was behind the scenes. This didn't play out on air. Um, we were shooting. We're shooting some new stuff for the open for uh, the Dan Patrick show, and you were uh, instructed to go to the back with a rake. Yes. To rake up some leaves. Correct. And w- what was your response when they asked you to rake up these? said leaves well in the back of my mind i'm like is this some kind of like poorly gag or joke because i have a background of not being able to do anything properly basic tasks that maybe a seven-year-old can do is a very complicated for a 51 year old man as sad as that is i can't cut down a basket (laughs) net i can't sweep and i can't cut a piece of cake because we have a whole list of things and i try to be a good sport and play along some of it which is unfortunately true but anyway so i'm raking the leaves and i'm raking it what would be the right way so i'm like everything was fine and then my uh, my worst fears were re- were realized when all of a sudden I was told to like do it backwards and push the, the leaves that were all nice and gathered together and kind of scatter them backwards and push them away and mess up what the clean work that I did and I'm realizing oh this to make me look like an idiot that I don't know I can't even rake leaves and I'm going the total wrong way with the rake and and I I can't imagine being anything other than Paulie coming over to one of you guys and saying this is uh, what you guys should do to make him look stupid. So my, my question is, if you were doing it correctly the first time, why didn't you just say, no, I'm just going to do it. You asked me just to rake leaves and I'm just going to do it correctly. I should why, have, but I play, you I, I, you're right. I should have, I, I play along and it's content. And even though in the back of my mind, I know it was going to be used for ill purposes and to make me look bad. Um, I just, I went with, uh, I try to be a good soldier and this is what you guys asked me to do. And even though I know it's uh, ultimately to make me look like a moron for a Paulie's amusement. I just went ahead and did it when maybe I should have stuck up for myself and said, no, that's, that's all I'm going to do here. I see what you guys are doing and, you know, count me out this time. I don't have to be a dope every single time the camera's rolling. Yeah. I mean, if, if you know how to do it correctly, just do it correctly once and that's it. Cause the only thing that was asked of you was to uh, rake up these leaves. They didn't say to rake it up in a specific way. So the first time, just rake it up correctly. And there was nothing even productive about it. I should, I know, I should have known from the beginning that, like, why am I being asked to go to the side of the building to rake a small pile of leaves that didn't even make sense? But <laughs> I, just, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to overthink it. I want again. I want to be a team player. I don't want to be. Come on, well, you know, just take one for the team. We're just having fun. Why do you got to be so serious? Just be an idiot and look like you don't know how to rake a leaf. And so I'm like, all right, this is what they want me to do. And looking back on it, you know, maybe we should burn the tape. But I have a that's not going to be what happens. You should take a stand. Eric, 
So I was out there when this was happening unintentionally. I just came out. Uh, you happen to be where Penny goes to the bathroom. And, um, yeah, exactly. Check my sneakers. But uh, but no, it was kind of funny because you raked correctly, which frankly I was a little bit surprised at. And then they told you, oh, can you flip the rake around and push it forward like a broom? Which made and zero were, sense to me. You were like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know why you would want me to do this. Is Polly setting you up? And like you knew what was happening, but you didn't stop it. And that's the part I, I don't understand. Again, I, I, it's my own. Uh, I, I like to please everyone, just like with the comedy thing, even though I'm not very successful at making people laugh, at least on stage in major venues. I was, you know, asked to do this. And I'm like, there must be a reason for it. And if it's content for the show, if it's silly, funny, something they want me to do, I don't want to be that guy that's like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want, you know, like I'm so worried about people thinking what level I can function as a, uh, as a grown man. We already have seen many times when I don't quite know what I'm doing and that's fine. So I, I played along and again, I wanted to be a good sport. And once again, it'll probably backfire and no one will appreciate that I was being a good sport and they'll see it as me actually not knowing what I'm doing, which is unfair and inaccurate, but so be it. Yeah. I think, I mean, at a certain point, Todd, you just take a stand just say, Hey, I'm just going to do it the correct way. And that's it. You can't, you can't make fun of you if you do it the correct way. That's true. Well, I did take a stand um, yesterday. I got an email from our friend Rob, who's going to be is shooting some of this uh, stuff for um, this behind the scenes stuff. And the shot she, I don't know if you guys were aware of it or who was CC'd on the email, but my, my three shots were going to be, one was going to be me on the phone, which makes sense. One me like doing bicep curls in a tank top. And the other was, and I don't think Rob is cruel like that. So again, that could have Paulie written all over it, have me like going in or out of the bathroom. Because, oh. you know, gastrointestinal Crohn's disease humor always has to find itself into uh, into the mix somehow. And I you know, <laughs> politely asked Rob, you know, and I didn't accuse him of being the one to come up with that shot as an idea, because I think I know where that came from. Because I don't know if he really knows my background that much with uh, running to the bathroom 15 times a day. Anyway, long story short, because I know Eric is getting angry with me talking too long. Um, I said, can we change that shot and not do the bathroom shot? Why don't you just take a shot of me taking a hook shot? So as far as I know, bathroom scene is out and me shooting a hook shot is in. So we'll see. Bathroom well, scene I'm is defending out. myself here, Mario. Two things. First of all, I'm not the one that gets mad. I'm, I'm just relaying messages. That's fair. No, I, I go too long and then it, it, it once again, it destroys uh, what you guys and are trying to do. Second of all, uh, there are three points here. Second of all, it's not as though you don't talk about your gastrointestinal issues on a regular basis so it's not like a secret that like that's what i was and, gonna say and third of all you um use the bathroom for lack of a better phrase um right next to rob's desk on a regular basis so he knows <laughs> that you have those issues and i'll just <laughs> so maybe maybe he did uh initiate it but uh it doesn't necessarily have to be captured in an open that's run over and over and over again i'm aware i'm aware of my bowel issues and i'm aware of how often unfortunately i have to go to the bathroom i don't know if that has to be displayed on on the peacock and national tv every single time we run that oh yeah that's the guy you know, I, don't know if, I don't know if i'm a lot of curse i got to shit all the time no that's that's fair todd um i mean like like Eric said, I'll reiterate it. I mean, it's pretty open if you watch the show that, you know, you have some bowel issues. Yeah. So I didn't think it was unfair of uh, Rob to bring that up to say. Yeah, well, and, and, I, and I've, I've handled it very politely. I didn't say, you know, enough with, you know, I'm allowed to make fun of it, but no one else can. Or I just simply said, why don't we, instead of the bathroom shot, why don't we do the hook shot? You know, and, and I really left it at that. And then if he came back to me and said, no, no, we really need to show you going in and out of the bathroom or whatever, then, you know, we would have to throw down a little bit in the parking lot. But, you know, he's not the type of guy that I think wants to, like, get into a fist fight. I know I don't. I'm like of the whole group probably here, especially the Danettes, I'm the least confrontational. So, you know, I'm glad he was fine with that and embraced the hook shot over going to the toilet. 
I like that you took a stand. Todd, I have two more topics for you and then sure. we'll get you out of here. Um, do you have any hope that Giada is going to respond to any of your tweets? Still? Yes. Um, I have a crush on Giada and if it came across flirtatious in any way, then that I guess would be accurate in some strange, you know, just, I'm not disturbing way in some unfortunate way that I need that kind of attention. I wanted to send a note in the hopes that at some point she would respond directly to me and that I would somehow get some kind of some kick out of it. And uh, I did the same recently. And I was called out today on the show for Dylan Dreyer, who uh, works for the Today Show on NBC with the weather and does all, all kinds of other stuff. She does like a weekend like show for the like, kids and everything. And I sent her a note as well. And is it necessary? And, and is it right? Would I send notes to guys um, that are, you know, asking the same questions or poll questions or how about my, what kind of pie do you like? Uh, I wouldn't. It was those, you know, there's particular people that I respond to for, I guess, now obvious reasons. And I mean, that's the point. That, that's exactly the point of, I guess, the guys, um, the fact that you're, you know, tweeting at these females to say. But nothing was inappropriate or, or flirtatious. I, I, you know, I, you know, I draw the line somewhere. I'm not, I didn't say anything that even would be hinting at an affair or, you know, why don't we meet at the hotel or anything like that. But I <laughs> well, did I send them notes because I like them and I think they're very talented and they think they're pretty. So, yes. Are your days of tweeting at female anchors, hosts, chefs, is that over by any oh, Not at all. I'm not, I'm not going to be bullied by, by anybody because they're, someone on the staff is obsessed, obsessed with what, what clothes we wear or what we tweet or every little move we make and has nothing better to do but to like just, you know, keep some kind of graph of, oh, do you wore that shirt Tuesday or didn't you wear those pants Friday or, you know, just whatever it is. It's just really kind of sick and weird and it's a little sad, but you know, we all have our little thing and I'm not going to change my behavior because that's that's like being being bullied by the kid that steals your lunch. And, you know, I'm 51 years old. And I think I'm a little past the uh, the class bully crap. I like this. I like this, Todd, this tough Todd. You're Thanks. standing up for yourself. And I, I like this. It is weird, though, and obsessing about whatever, you know, you, you, what everyone's wearing or what everyone's tweeting or just like, you know, you know, I know when you're in producer mode, you're looking for every possible thing to help fill a segment. Three hours is a long time. And some days we don't have three, four guests. And, you know, how many calls can you take and how many times can you go to McLovin with the poll question or talk about, you know, the two or three stories of the day. So I, I could appreciate like looking for every little piece of video or odd thing or something you consider strange that's going on. But uh, sometimes it's a little bit much and it's a little eerie. Todd, this is the last thing. Speaking of, you know, old habits, you know, you're not going to change. You have your Thanksgiving names coming up. How are yes. you preparing for that? Uh, I have a I have a number of names that I've used before, but I've added some new ones. Uh, I, I'm probably going to break the rule of what Dan said about anyone that played before the year 2000. You don't use those names. So I'll probably get a smack on the wrist and yelled at because the bottom line is there's not a thousand of these names. And if I can think of a clever name or someone, you know, that follows the show that sends me uh, something on social media with an idea that I think is good. Um, you know, I compiled a list and I can't promise that it's going to be current players or current coaches or sports figures. If it's a really good, really good name in the, that, you know, fits for Thanksgiving, I, I can't worry about what era they played in or if most of the people listening have heard of that person. I just, that's just not fair because it's hard enough to try to come up with clever names that have to do with Thanksgiving from sports front first or last names. Well, we look forward to hearing them next week. I know you're putting in lots of hours trying to find, you know, the Tim McCarvers, the Mark Eaton's of the world, the Larry Bird's. You might want to let Paulie know. I'm thinking after after the shows are, I may be tweeting Heather Locklear and Jennifer Love Hewitt just to say hi and uh, let them know I'm a big fan of theirs. But just give Paulie the heads up so he has something for the open Monday so he doesn't have to, you know, do anything creative as far as what happens in the world of sports over the weekend. <laughs> Todd, you have a good weekend. Thank you, you for too. joining us in 1215. Love you guys. Thanks for inviting me.
See you, Todd. That was a different Todd Fritz we heard from this week. Yeah, I maybe uh, I, you know I'll take a little credit for telling him we only could talk to him for five minutes, so maybe he didn't let himself go down those uh, wormholes. No, I don't take credit for it, but uh, but no, he he definitely was a little more muted uh, and got to the point, which uh, I can say I appreciate. Well, I'm not even referring to that necessarily. I feel like Todd is always like, yeah, no, I'll just hit it, you know, I'll shrug my shoulder to it. I feel like this week he was kind of pushing back a little bit. He's tired. I think he's tired of uh, certain things. It's, I will say, I'm suffering from it a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's senioritis or whatever, but with um, next week being a short week and then only a few weeks until uh, having, uh, I don't know, 12 or so days off, I'm, uh, I'm a little short fused too, I'll be honest. I'm ready. I'm looking forward to a couple of days off. It's been a long run. I mean, we had, um, well, two, one or two days off in August. And yeah. Before that, I think it was July. July. Yeah. So, um, I don't mean to sound spoiled or anything. I know a lot of people work really hard, but um, you know, there's a lot of pressure to do in these shows and it's been a long run. For sure. For sure. Uh, so let's move on. What I want to ask you guys, what exactly stood out to you from this week? Uh, I'm going to start with you, Marv. Chris Maddox being our guest and us in the back room, just laughing because whatever he says, I take with a grain of salt. And if he says, you know, the Knicks aren't going to make the playoffs, I think they are going to make the playoffs because his what, predictions suck so bad. Sorry, Chris. He He's come on the show and he's predicted a lot of things. This is the, really quick to recap what he predicted for this week. This is how it sounded. I still think that James Wiseman will be the next great big man in the NBA. And that's something that I feel I'm going to hold on to because we're going to play that in three to four years and it's going to be wrong. Uh, Dylan? At this point, Mannix is sort of getting into the, I guess the best way to equate it is like when all the analysts on Monday Night F- Football all pick the same team and you're like, well, <laughs> they're going to lose. It's sort of like whatever. He's sort of the oracle in the wrong direction. Yeah. No, it's it's been – and it's only it's not only one. He had the Lakers weren't going to make the playoffs. He's had a couple disastrous predictions. He's a great guy and he's very smart, but – tough he, he's had a, a bit of a tough stretch there uh, i'm gonna t- i'm gonna share with you guys what stood out for me for the week and i'm gonna play you a quick soundbite from tom allen the head coach at indiana how surprised are you that you're 4-0 right now going into the ohio state game well thanks dan appreciate you having me you know um i'm not gonna sit here and tell you i'm surprised because i'm not you know our, our team uh, has built into this point for the last several years uh i'm sure not everybody agrees with my assessment but uh, in terms of our locker room and our players, if you talk to them, they would give you a similar response. Why that really resume- resonated with me is because the fans for the university really show out when their coach appears on our show. Like we've had uh, Kirk Ferentz, we've had um, Tom Allen this week, and you really see the fandom on social media with like the fans from Indiana, the fans from Iowa. And I, I just find that cool that whenever their coach gets the spotlight on a national platform, they're really engaged and they're really uh, into it. And I, I get to see that firsthand more so because I handle all the social media. But I just find that cool. You see these little spots of the country. When we had uh, North Dakota's head coach on, North Dakota State's head coach on, um, I, just, I just find that really cool. Marv. Yeah, I'm with you. I think it's unbelievably cool, especially for teams – that aren't LSU or Alabama, mm-hmm. where you're getting some love on a national level from 
a show like this and i'm sure they're excited like i went to uconn and if they were talking about uconn football and we had randy etzel on to talk about a 4-0 start you know you'd have a tons of uconn alumni you know getting pumped up about football which you know uconn doesn't you know uconn's terrible at absolutely you know historically so i completely get it and especially from small schools like in north dakota state or schools that aren't you know rich in football history like indiana you know where their most famous person is you know a coach you know lee corso so it's definitely you'll definitely see a ton of that on a on twitter so you made a good point there yeah i mean the thing we're kind of lo- where we're located we're in the northeast not really big college football we don't see the big fandom of college football so it's kind of we have like at least i have a small scope of it when we do have these coaches on uh dylan um i guess this is sort of for you mario because you're on you're scrolling twitter um but do you think do you see more engagement when it's like like what marvin said like some of the you know not necessarily the blue chip programs but you know like in north dakota or in indiana where like they're not used you know it's not ohio state or alabama like they're yeah no that that that's exactly my point that the engagement kind of jumps up and you know you have all these Indiana alum, the, the students, the fans, they're all reaching out and they're all kind of, you even see a little jump in our, in our follows, which is kind of cool. And it's all coming from the fact that we had, you know, Tom Allen on, and like I said, they're really engaged and invested in that seven to 10 minute interview, which again, I find really cool. Eric, what stood out to you from the week? So from where I sit, um, and I think I've said it on the show, I'm not the world's biggest sports fan, um, and I, there was a lot going on behind the scenes this week. Dylan was out for three days, um, so Mario had to slide in, and then also we're making preparations for um, the Danettes to go remote uh, between Thanksgiving and New Year's, and um, and many of the staff members to work from home as well, so... Um, I've just been really focused on that. So uh, obviously executing the show from 9 a.m. to noon, but really my brain space has been on uh, those projects. Yeah. And there's a lot that goes into that kind of stuff where, you know, you've gone to, I know you've gone to a couple or one or two of the Danette's house to make sure that their setup is good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I would understand where your head's not necessarily all on here. Uh, Dylan um eric having to sit next to mario for three days was that terrible or okay mario did a good job the only thing i will say um there's that seat is probably i don't know nine or ten feet from where i sit and um there's a loud computer like more like a server between uh that operator the the graphics operator and me as a director and Mario does not speak loud. Uh, neither does Dylan, but he he would be like, and I'd be like, what? Like I thought he just like was clearing his throat or something. So um, it was a little difficult to communicate, um, similar to how it was when you and I started Dylan. But uh, but no, uh, to Mario's credit, he did a good job filling in. I thought and, so too. From from looking from home, <laughs> Dan a couple times during the week he'd came he'd come back and is everything good? Are you doing good? And I just it's fun to see not fun but it's cool to see Dan's concern like when you you he knows somebody's in kind of a new space and I've done that kind of stuff in school where you know running a graphics machine and whatnot but it's always funny just to see Dan are you all right? You're cool and he's super concerned that 
you're good with this new role that you're taking over for the next couple of days. The next thing we had this week was calendar signings. And it was a bit different this week because, or this year, because we didn't have, we're not going to have people send them in as we've had in the past. So in the past, last year we had, you know, hundreds on hundreds on hundreds of calendars sent in and Dan and Dan had signed them this year due to COVID. We only had, yeah, Eric, what you're shaking your head. I just want to say the reason that they sent them in and the reason that Dan made such a big deal out of it is because you were, you downplayed it. You're like, yeah, they can send them in. We're not going to get that many. And then we got like a thousand calendars or something. It didn't go that way necessarily. I think Dan was like, yeah, we can have people send them in. And I said uh, the first week where, where he had encouraged people to send it in, I said, Oh, then we only got like five calendars this week. And then from there on, it was Dan Patrick's sole purpose to get as many calendars in here to send back. Yeah, but he also ramped up the promotion. But no, you, can, you, can, you can play the spin doctors on this however you want. But uh, I think part of the issue with the, the reason we got so many is because Dan was pushing it and he pushed it because he wanted to teach you a lesson. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. But I don't think I was the instigator in it. I think I was the driving force behind it. But I didn't. I don't think I ignited that fire. Lead Dylan. singer for the spin doctors here. Okay. Um, I'll just say that after last year, the uh, the lovely team down at the Milford Post Office are pretty ecstatic that we're not doing it that way again this year because she, um, the lady, I forget her name, but the one that I usually deal with when I would go there. Um, she looked like she was going to buy a ticket to Jonestown if I said that we were doing it again <laughs> when she asked me. Yeah, no, it was a lot easier this year. We kind of spread them all out. We're going to, we're sending them. I have actually all of them in my office right now. We're going to send them back for anybody who ordered it. Like Dan said, unfortunately, due to COVID, you guys won't be able to send them in this year. Hopefully, maybe next year that'll change, but we'll just see what happens. Uh, Dylan, actually, you're the one that's going to take them to UPS today, so. Oh, really? Yep. You tried to, you snuck me one yesterday in with the stuff going to the post office. That was just, that was just to make sure you're back. That was, a, that, was, that, was, that was a decoy. <laughs> Marv, we had a call this week. Uh, I'm going to play it back for you, and then I want to have you explain a little bit of it. I think you sound like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm from, I'm from, uh, Lubbock, Texas, so we can talk Pat Mahomes, too. But <laughs> Let, Let's just pretend you're uh, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Are you the greatest quarterback of all time, Patrick? And if so, why? Uh, I think so. Look at my numbers. You know, look what I've done in a short amount of time. Do you think you're underpaid at $500 million? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Brandon. So that was Brandon in Texas. I think he called in on Wednesday of this week. Marv, did you put him on thinking that he sounded like Pat Mahomes? As a matter of fact, absolutely not. I didn't even think that he sounded like Patrick Mahomes until uh, Dan brought it up. And then once he brought it up, I was like, man, he really does. So I didn't even think about it and. That was really, that was shocking and not shocking, but, you know, it was pleasantly surprising that, all right, we got some content out of this. I just thought it was a normal, normal caller ready to talk about, you know, the Dolphins and the Bills like he did. But, um, you know, I'm glad it worked out. And, you know, like Dan says, everything is content. So I'll take the next. It. 
the next day he called back in as Brandon in Arkansas. Did you oh. ask him what happened there? Did he move no. in a day or something? What happened? No. So what ended up happening was I forgot. He said he grew up in Arkansas. And so, and you know this, being a caller, you're just typing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, Brandon, and I put Arkansas. He was saying how he became a Buffalo Bills fan. And he's like, I grew up in Arkansas, and I just wrote Arkansas. Oh. And I already knew his name was Brandon. I was like, all right, Brandon, I'll put you on hold. That's what ended up happening. I was like, wait, he's not from, you know, afterwards. I was like, wait, I think he's from Texas. So that's that's what happened. No, he didn't move uh, the next day. Yeah, because we were a little confused in the back room. We're like, did he leave? Did Marvin screw this up? I wasn't too sure what had happened. Right, Eric? We were kind of a little bit like... Uh... I'm still confused about the whole thing, even after Marvin explains it there. Uh, yeah, I was like, wait, is this the same guy? Is this an imposter? Because we also have Lubomir, too, who called this week. And I'm still not sure that he's not an imposter. So I was like, are we getting punked here? What's going on? Marv? I always play the caller ID game. The call ID says Lubomir. <laughs> so I was like, nah, that is Lubomir. But the way when he first came on, it definitely had a very Borat-esque feel to it. And so I was definitely like, man, is he, is he going to you know get us? But Lubomir comes in, he's consistent every time. And I remember saying you know, like joking with him about his accent, you know, the guys had some fun with his accent and he was not joking about it. Dude, like, Lu Lubomir is so fake. That guy is pulling the ultimate <laughs> long con. I'm calling it. Well, you heard it here first. Right, I mean, wait a if, second. Wait a if second, it doesn't end up second. being that, then Dylan had it first. Eric? Sorry, Marvin. So you talked to him about the guys making fun of his accent? What did he say? Not making fun of, but talking about it. Well, not making fun of it, but I was like, you know, we had some, we had some fun with his you know, with your accent or whatever. And he, he said, you know, this is, I'm not going to try to, you know, impersonate him, but he was saying, basically, you know, do I, you know, I can't do it. You won't. <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe we shouldn't. Let, let's not do that. Marvin. <laughs> no, because it, it, and it's not good. And I don't even want to do that to Lubomir. That's we a like good, Lubomir. yeah, that's a, that's a good choice there. If it was good, I probably would have done it's it. It's Lubomir but anyway. from Syracuse. <laughs> that's a good. Yes, that's actually pretty good, said, though. Side note: I'm watching Todd. Here. I'm watching Todd record his uh, open as we're talking. So it's on the screen here. It is quite the scene. Like you, you guys are going to definitely be a little bit. I don't know, freaked out's the word, but it is quite the scene watching him record this. He is like. Nose to leaves on. He's breathing extremely hard. I'm going to leave that to your imagination. Dylan. Um, I'm just, I still think <laughs> he should try and hook shot into the toilet. Uh, I mean, maybe you should go out there and give some direction then. Marv? I'll talk to Rob. Oh, no, I was just going to finish the Lubomir story, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying he came here from the Ukraine when he was 12, moved to Syracuse, and he said he had a thick accent. Yikes. And so he said, and the accent's always stuck. So that's Lubomir, which Dylan doesn't think is real. Last thing I wanted to get to this weekend, it's more so because Dan brought it up pre-show off air, and it was a comment made towards McLovin. Um, McLovin had on sweats, and I noticed there'd been quite a movement of sweatpants in this studio. Mm. Is that a memo that I missed out on? McLovin had sweats today. Dylan had them on today. Am I missing? Did I miss something here, Eric? It's not official policy, I can tell you that much. 
So if I showed up in sweats on Monday, would I be reprimanded? Well, I asked to be go home, you know, to go home and change. I think it depends how they look. All right. Maybe I'll get some super dressed up sweatpants. Dylan. Um, it's just called dressing professionally. That's that's really all it is. I mean, sweats are the new jeans or the new khakis even. Eric. Dylan is the most absurdly dressed person ever he has like neon traffic directing uh colored shoes he wears um boat loafers to play basketball in he wears the just it just you could go on i i haven't committed every piece of uh, clothing in his arsenal to memory but it is very eclectic very um borderline bizarre and uh so i wouldn't take any fashion advice from him unless you know you wanted to kind of go rogue. I remember what he wore on the draft for the AUAA. I mean, just really making impressions uh, one outfit at a time. Yeah, I'm it's, not going to take any fashion tips. It's for just Dylan. being able to ball on anything. Mm, nah. I, we'll leave it at that for this week. For Ma- Ariel, Marvin the Prince, Dylan the Graphics Guy, and Eric the Big German, we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. So we'll talk to you next week because you don't see us. We don't see you. Have a good weekend, guys.